Welcome to the audio podcast of North River Church. You can find out more about North River and ways you can be involved at our website, gonorthriver.org. I want you to go ahead and grab your copy of God's Word this morning. Join me in Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. We will spend time this morning working through verses 1 through 11. And as you're making your way to Acts chapter 1, if you want to follow with us on the screen, you can do that. If you don't have a Bible to follow along with us and you need a Bible, we would love to give you one. And that's our gift to you back at the Next Steps table. You can take uh, one of the copies there and use that. Uh, Consider it our gift to you. Every single week as we gather together, we come to worship the Lord and we worship Him now through His Word. And so we're going to spend time verse by verse going through these first 11 verses of Acts chapter 1. This morning about 6.40, I was in my office at home and I look up and my sleepy-eyed nine-year-old stumbles through the door with a bewildered look on her face. And we've told her, don't get out of bed on the weekend until you at least see a seven on the clock. <laughs> so don't, just, just don't do it. And so she comes out and she's like, what's going on? And I said, what do you mean? And she said, I woke up, I look at my clock, and it's 740. So I think I can get out of bed. And then I come into the kitchen, and I look at the clocks in the kitchen, and the clocks in the kitchen say 640. What time is it? And I said, well, babe, here's, here's the thing. We, we fall back an hour at this time of the year, so it's, it's actually 6.40. And she goes, is it okay I'm awake? <laughs> I said, yes, you're good. Don't worry about it. It's okay this one time, right? <laughs> Better get on schedule next weekend. But for her this morning, her body had not adjusted to the time and You know, it's interesting for us that we have to reorient our lives sometimes around things like this, around time change and around seasons in life and things like that. We have to adjust and we have to look and go, okay, here's where I need to be going. Here's what I need to be doing. Here's what I need to understand and to recognize so that I can live productively in the world in which we find ourselves. And this morning and Next week, I want us to look for us as a church family, collectively, as the body of Christ gathered here at North River, I want us to reorient one more time our lives around the mission that God has entrusted us with. That mission has implications for us both locally here at home and globally around the world. Our calling, our responsibility, why we even exist as a church family, why are we here, and what are we supposed to be doing? In the next two weeks, I want us to ask that question. What is the mission 
locally? And what is the mission globally? And how can you personally and me personally and our families collectively that make up this church family and then our church family as a whole, how can we once again reorient our lives in such a way that the mission that God has given us to complete both here and around the world becomes what's most important in our lives? See, here's the thing for us this morning. There's a lot of things that vie for our attention. There's a lot of things that are important to us. We've got jobs. We've got families. We've got responsibilities that we have to complete. We've got college football. I texted uh, Pastor Scott and uh, his wife Megan last night. I said, I just need to know. How many Go Dogs references are allowed in the sermon tomorrow? There's one. There's a lot of things that seek to grab our attention, but for us collectively as the body of Christ gathered here, as believers, how do we reorient our lives around that which matters most? And so for the next two weeks, that's what we're going to look at. I want to read for us the text this morning, Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 11, and then we'll walk back through it together. Luke writes, In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day when He was taken up. After he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen, he presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Father, we ask this morning that you would open our eyes that we would be able to see, that you would open our ears that we would be able to hear, and that you would Open our hearts and our minds that we would be ready to respond to your word and to your spirit. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. 
Amen. As we look at the text this morning, we're going to focus this week on the mission locally. What does it look like for us to live out the mission that God has given for us to complete? And if you're taking notes, write down this main idea that we see in the text this morning. Jesus left his disciples with one mission to fulfill until he returns. Jesus left his disciples with one mission to fulfill until he returns. Let's look at the text this morning as I want to look at verses 1 through 5 and see that the mission that God has given us is tied to a specific message. The mission that God has given is tied to a specific message. Message. Notice verse 1 of Acts chapter 1. Luke, the writer of this book, this history of the early church, what happened as Jesus left the scene, as he entrusted to his apostles those who were to continue to spread the message of the gospel of who Jesus is and what he's done. This is what we are encountering here. The first book was Luke's gospel account of Jesus' life. And his ministry. He says in the first book, O Theophilus, that was a leader within the government, he says, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day when he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. Speaking of Jesus, verse 3, he presented himself alive to them after his suffering. By many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. So Luke, writing this to Theophilus, describes for him this scene that's about to play out. And he says, listen, Theophilus, I've told you all about Jesus' life and about his ministry, about the miracles that he performed, about the fact that he went to the cross and he laid his life down on the cross, that he paid for our sins there, but he didn't stay dead, that he rose again on the third day. This is the message that Luke is communicating to this leader within the government. It's the message for us as followers of Jesus, as a church family gathered. This is our message. Listen, we have... No other message to proclaim than Jesus Christ crucified and raised from the dead. That is our message. That is what we are focused on. That is what we are about. You say, Michael, why is that the focus? Because Jesus said that was the focus. What's our purpose as a church family? Our purpose is to consistently, day in and day out, lift high the name of Jesus. Well, how do we lift high the name of Jesus? We proclaim the message that Jesus Christ came to this earth, that He lived a perfectly sinless life, the very Son of God in the flesh, that He took our sins upon Himself on the cross, and He paid for them there as He was crucified. 
He absorbed the wrath of God against sin. And He took your sin and my sin. And He didn't die and stay in the grave. In fact, He rose from the grave on the third day, securing for us salvation in Him. Church, that is our message. That is what we are about. That is our heartbeat. That is our heart cry. The mission is always, always, always tied to the message of who Jesus is and what He's done. Listen, there's a lot of things that we could talk about. There's a lot of things that we could focus on. There's a lot of things that this culture would say are most important, but I'm here to tell you this morning, as your pastor, the most important thing that we can give our lives to is proclaiming the truth of who Jesus is and what He's done. So every single week as we gather together, We're going to lift high the name of Jesus. You don't have to worry when you come in on Sunday morning. What's the pastor going to talk about this week? Because you will know every single week. It's going to be about Jesus. And why is it going to be about Jesus? Because this book is about Jesus. And we're going to preach from this book every single week. And we're going to ask questions. What does the reality and the truth of who Jesus is and what He's done for us, how does that change my life? And how should I live as a result of that? Every single week, the message will not change. The text may change. The application may change. But every single week, it's Jesus. Jesus, who He is and what He's done, that is the message. And as we see Luke writing to this leader, that's where he begins. In saying to him, I've already told you about who Jesus is and what He's done. In verse 3, he reminds him, Jesus presented Himself alive to them. He was dead After he was crucified, after suffering many things, but he is now alive. And he showed that by many proofs appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, Jesus ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me. From John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Not only is the mission tied to the message that Jesus Christ is preeminent, that He is the Savior, but it's also tied to the power that is in the message. I want you to notice what Luke said. Jesus' commands to His disciples were to Wait for the power. So gather in Jerusalem and wait for the Holy Spirit of God to come and to indwell you. Here's the good news for us as 
gathered believers, if you've trusted in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit of God dwells within you. Your life has been transformed because of what Christ has done and His promise to you is that when your life is transformed, that the Holy Spirit of God comes and takes up residence in your life. That the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives within you, believer. So the question, how do we accomplish the mission? We're reminded that the mission is tied to the message of who Jesus is, and it's tied to the power The same power that rose Jesus from the grave. Say, how do we accomplish the mission that God has given to us? We remain tethered to the message of who Jesus is and we proclaim it in the power of the Holy Spirit who dwells within us. We continue in looking, verse 6. Not only is the mission tied to a message, but the mission is tied to a ministry. Verse 6, when they had come together, they asked Him, it's Jesus' disciples, Lord, will You at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? In their minds... They believed that Jesus was going to set up His earthly kingdom in its full force and its full authority. They were a nationalistic people. The Jews were. They knew that they were God's chosen people. They knew that Jesus Christ had come to this earth. They were asking a very simple question. Jesus, we see that the Roman government is in rule and it's in authority at this point. Are you about to topple them? Because that's what we really, really want. They wanted political rule. They wanted political reign. They wanted political authority. And yet here's the problem. Jesus is above politics. Do you hear me, church? Somebody better say amen or I'm going to say it again. (laughs) Our ultimate allegiance as Christians is to King Jesus. I know we live in a country that is polarized at the moment. I have absolutely no doubt that there are people in this room that land on either political spectrum or right down the middle. And here's the thing. I really don't care. Because if we can agree on the reality that King Jesus is ruler of my life, then we can move forward together. The question that his disciples were asking him is, Jesus, are you going to set up your rule and your authority right now? Are you going to turn this political problem that we have with Roman rule, are you going to turn that and now we're going to be in control? Because who doesn't want to be in control, right? Notice what Jesus' response. Verse 7, he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons, That the Father has fixed by His own authority. He says, listen, you're 
You're asking questions that you don't have the security clearance to have the answer for. Verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And listen to this, you will be my witnesses. They wanted political authority. Jesus said, you're going to get power and you're going to be my witnesses. What are they witnesses to? The reality of who Jesus is and what He has done in their lives. And that's the reality for us as well. Our ministry is tied to that. Jesus in Matthew chapter 28 would say it in this way, all authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. You make disciples. Be my witnesses. Tell people about me. Tell people the truth of who I am and what I've done. And that through me, they can be forgiven of their sins. They can be made right with God. That is the message and we have been entrusted with that message and are called to be witnesses, to proclaim the truth of who Jesus is and what He has done. Now, I've already told you we're going to do that as a church family as we gather every single week, but here's the cool thing. Every single follower of Jesus has been entrusted with the gospel message that has transformed their lives and has been called, that's you as a believer, to share what Christ has done in your life in this community. How are your neighbors going to hear about Jesus? I hope from you. How are your coworkers going to hear about Jesus? I hope from you. How are your classmates going to hear about Jesus? I hope from you. How is this community of people who do not know Jesus Christ as their Savior going to hear who Jesus is and what He's done for them through you and through me? That is the ministry that we've been called to. That is the reason that the church exists. That's the reason that we gather here. Here's the thing. I'm excited that we are where we are today on this building program. I'm excited about that. I'm excited that we've met the goal. I'm excited that we're coming in at budget. I'm excited that the plans have gone through the county. I'm exci- like all of those things are great. But I want you to hear me this morning. That is not our ministry. Building a building is not the ministry. Building a building can be a great tool to use in the ministry that God has called us to fulfill. And that's the reason that we're doing that. But never lose sight of the fact that building a building never got people to meet Jesus. 
People meet Jesus because other people have had their lives transformed by Jesus and they can't help but tell people that they meet about the Jesus that changed their life. So this is not filled of dreams. Some of you are like, I have no idea what you're talking about. It's a baseball movie where they build a baseball field and the line is, if you build it, they'll come. Listen, if we build it and we don't tell people about Jesus, they won't come. Listen, if we look at this building as great as it will be and as much of a blessing as it will be, if we look at it in the proper perspective that it is nothing more than a tool that we are able to use to tell people about Jesus, then we won't look and say, well, I have no responsibility as a believer gathered at North River Church other than to just show up. No, you have a responsibility and I have a responsibility to share the hope that we found in Jesus Christ. To be His witnesses. I want you to notice that number three, the mission is tied to a mission field. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses. Listen, in Jerusalem. Where are they gathered as they are hearing this? Jerusalem. And Judea. And Samaria. And to the end of the earth. So Jesus, looking at these disciples, says to them, Be my witnesses first in Jerusalem which is where they were gathered waiting on the Holy Spirit to come. I've been on mission trips out of the country before. Here's the interesting thing. It's a whole lot easier for some reason to tell people about Jesus in another country than it is across the fence in your backyard. You ever notice that? And yet Jesus says to his disciples, fulfill that mission in your backyard in Jerusalem. For us... That's this community that we live in. And then it expands beyond that. He says in Judea. That's kind of the county that they were in. The region that they were in. And then he says in Samaria. And that was the people that they didn't like. And then... (laughs) I think I heard a go dogs again. That mission is always tied to a place. And for us, church family, that place begins here in this community. And then it extends beyond that. And as we'll talk next week, it extends beyond this country to this world in which we live. But never lose sight of the reality of the promise that's given at the end. When he had said these things, As they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. 
And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. This mission field that God has called us to serve in, we are given a promise that Jesus Christ who left some 2,000 years ago will be back. He will be back to set up His kingdom. And we have an opportunity until that day comes or until we no longer draw breath to be focused on the mission that God has called us to fulfill in this community in which we live. We proclaim Jesus. That is our message. We proclaim Jesus as His witnesses. That is our ministry. And we proclaim Jesus as witnesses for Him. Knowing. That He's called us to this place at this time. And He promises that He is coming back again. Let's pray this morning. Father, we are thankful for Your Word. We're thankful once again that we have an opportunity to be reminded of the mission that You've called us to fulfill in this community. Father, I have no doubt that there are those gathered here this morning that as we talk about who Jesus is and what He has done, that they have never taken the step of trusting Him as their Savior. Father, this morning, would You give them the courage to take that step? That they would believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that He came to this earth to die for our sins and that he didn't stay dead he rose again on the third day securing for us salvation would you give them the courage to believe in him as their savior this morning father for those who have trusted in you it's their Savior, would you remind all of us this morning of the mission that you've called us to fulfill? Would you reorient our lives today around that mission? Would you remind us that we have neighbors and co-workers and classmates and teammates that need to know who Jesus is and what He's done in our life and what He can do in their life. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen.